This is not a military takeover. Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. For the best in punk, junk, and glunk.
Fiona, the unmistakable Johnny Thunders, with the equally unmistakable Phil Liner and Steve Marriott taking on vocal duties for the second and third verses, respectively, on Otis Blackwell penned tune Daddy Rolling Stone that featured on Johnny's first post-heartbreak album, So Alone. But uh, I'm sure you knew that already. What's that, Barton? You think we're ready for the long-awaited return of Covers Corner? Well, all right then. Here's Iron Lizard and their take on Kiss's Cold Gin.
said it before, and I'm going to say it again, but I prefer other people's versions of Kiss's songs more than the originals. I like to think, very big-headedly, that I keep my finger on the pulse when it comes to bands that I enjoy releasing new material. Of course, being big-headed means you're going to come a cropper, unless you're Duncan Reed. Anyway, the Chuck Norris Experiment, who have also covered Kiss in the shape and form of Black Diamond, have just released, as in today, that's the 24th of February, future streaming, downloading and non-live rock radio. UK listeners, a new single, Out of Your League, that I aired on episode 896. But it's uh, one of the two B-sides that warrants our attention as we're still in Covers Corner. Yeah, thanks, Bond. You've really missed that, haven't you? Uh, the track in question was originally by the Eagles and is trying. That sounds remarkably like this. Sinister Six listener, the Dark Lord of Barnet, plays in a band called Chaos UK, open brackets, London, close brackets. 
Their track Soldiers I played on episode 865. Well, it seems the chaotic ones of this fair land are on the cusp of releasing new material. Two of the tracks, the dark one, emailed me earlier in the week with a cover of T-Rex's 20th Century Boy being one of them.
from my understanding, Cash UK, open brackets, London, close brackets, will be playing the Dublin Castle on the 30th of April. Straight after 20th Century Boy, that a previous incarnation have already released. But the current lineup, thought they'd give it another go. You heard because I played the Black Halos cover of the Wanderers Ready to Snap. And I have to say, I am thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying the new Halos album, When the Darkness Doubled. Something I've not enjoyed reading involves the Michael Munro band. Of course, Munro guitarist Rich Jones is also in the Black Halos. And on the Just Heard track, I'm sure you are aware, Michael Munro was on guest vocals. Now, what has irked me that uh, has nothing to do with the band or the Black Star Riders is that a couple of weeks ago, tickets for their Shepherd's Bush Empire Day on Sunday, that I spent £137.14 pence for three tickets. That includes £29.89 made up of venue booking fee, ticket agent's booking fee, fulfilment fee and processing fee were now on sale for only six quid. And then that was just for the booking fee. So how come my booking fee was nearly 30 quid and not 18? Anyway, to me, this pretty much shits on the punters who bought tickets the day of release, supporting the bands involved. The second thing is the O2 venues that the Black Star Riders, Michael Munro and opening act Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons would be playing at are taking 25% of merch sales. 25 fucking percent. That is seriously criminal. We all know it's hard enough for bands to make money from record sales. Merchandise is where they can start to recoup the outlay from rehearsals, the whole recording process and subsequent tour. I can't tell you how angry I am. I guess the only thing for bands and promoters to do is not play venues owned or run by O2 or for us gig going fans in the future to boycott said venues. I said in the future, as my next foray to the Shepherd's Bush Empire is on the 7th of April for the Vive La Rock Awards. Imagine if the bands who played the O2 franchises demanded 25% of the alcohol sales. In this derelict 
that three song segmentation was the Michael Munro band and their very Lord of the New Church sounding derelict palace. After that, it was the Black Star Riders and Better Than Saturday Night. And last but no means least, Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons and We Are the Bastards from the album of the same name. Tonight's show has been pre-recorded as I am up at Rockaway Beach 69 to see Black Bombers, Voodoo Radio and Wipes, who feature one of my three all-time favourite drummers, Simon Edwards. Guess how much it set me back? Nine quid. Three great bands with Timmy Dorella spinning the platters that matter before, during and after. All for listener tenor. Talking of spinning the platters that matter, last Saturday, I was guest DJ at Tom from the Phobics Punk at the Pelton. That, as the name implies, is punk bands at the Pelton Arms, which can be located in the Royal London Borough of Greenwich. First band up was Dinosaur Skull, who hailed from Thornton Heath, that is in the London Borough of Croydon, a town that from the age of three until I was 25, I lived. Normally, as you know, the minimal number of members in a band are three. Guitarist, bassist and drummer. But I agree, you can swap one out for keyboards. Having said that, Dinosaur Skull, who were the first band on last Saturday, who feature Sil on vocals and guitar with Mike on bass and vocals, use a drum machine that works really well. I think having a live drummer, and you didn't hear me say this, might take something away from their quirky, punky pop sound. The band's next outing is next Friday. That's the 4th of March at the Bird's Nest in Deptford. And like last Saturday, it's free. This is Drama Triangle. Yeah. 
here's a little known fact. I used to play triangle in a reggae band. I left after a couple of weeks as it was just one ting after another. <laughs> Drama Triangle was taken from the band's debut LP, Tales from the Heath, with the Heath in question being Thornton Heath, naturally. Uh, there's even a track called The Squirrel Song. Up next were the Cherry Reds, a band that I hadn't heard of before. They started off with a brief slurred couple of lines of Thin Lizzy's Boys Are Back In Town before launching into their main set. From behind my laptop, I literally jumped up as the Cherry Reds had grabbed me by the short and curlies and were yanking very hard. Yanking, Barton. I said yanking. The Thin Lizzy nod was uh, originally lost on me until I discovered that this was the band's first gig in over 25 years. But boy, were they on fire. Punky power pop that reminded me of the uh, Star Spangles and Buzzcocks. Two songs in and they were my new favourite band. I mean, at one point, they were also known as the New Cross Dolls. Brilliant. After they finished their set, uh, though I stupidly didn't record, I'm seriously kicking myself, I asked guitarist vocalist Dan if they had any merch. Speak to Neil, who was the other guitarist, he replied. So I did. Wait a minute, said Neil, as he was swallowed up by the packed Pelton crowd only to emerge a few minutes later with a handful of cds one of which he thrust into my hand refusing to accept any money the more i tried to give him cash the more he refused to the extent he gave me another cd their album boy hero to add to the already given ep and a sticker i genuinely hope that the cherry reds play again sooner rather than later from boy hero this is corrupter Yeah. 
was Damage, led by L Damage. Uh, the band had been going since the late 80s, releasing their debut album, Facts of Life, on cassette in 1995, with the CD version hitting the real and virtual record shops nearly 20 years later, that I picked up Saturday. Following on from the Cherry Reds was going to be difficult for Damage. Fortunately, all three bands were musically different, so no one was... Uh, in direct competition with each other, if you know what I mean. A fantastic night. Topped off with a dirty donner on the way home. I mean, it's better than watching TV. a new album out on the 28th of April called Darkadelic. I've already played the lead single in the shape and form of Invisible Man. Keyboardist Monty posted on his Facebook page earlier in the week that he was putting up six tracks on his Bandcamp site that he had demoed for said album that unfortunately didn't make the final recording session. As he spent time on them, he didn't want them to go unheard. Of course, the demos just feature Monty, but you can get a general idea what could have been and what might be. This is Capital Punishment. <laughs> Capital Punishment. 
of malignant kind has invaded every mind. Economic growth everywhere, riddle the world with despair. World becomes a squalid place, false start of the human race. The central knowledge and the conquest of space to money making takes second place. Stab yours, we are scrabbling on all fours. Night rats on the sewer floors. Gotta get the paper in our claws. I'll stab your back, you stab mine. I'm sure we'll get on fine. Working in the economic mine. The whole world's one on organized crime. with money the whole world's obsessed with money the whole world's obsessed with money you and me are obsessed with money the whole world's crippled by money the whole world's crippled by money the whole world's crippled by money you and me are crippled by money the whole world's strangled by money the whole world's strangled by money the whole world's strangled by money you and me are strangled by money
Tom from the Phobics asked me on Saturday if I would like to contribute to the Punk's Listen A Benefit book for the Red Cross Ukraine Crisis Appeal. The brief is 400 words about a record that means a lot to you. You can write about why you love it, what it reminds you of and what you think people will get listening to it. Unfortunately, the deadline is the 27th of February and with the best will in the world, I'm not going to get it done. Mind you, saying that, I could just open Word document, go to Dictate to record the record of my choice. Barton, fire it up. For those of us of a certain generation or age, Top of the Pops on a Thursday night was must-watch television. For me, I had no choice as my older sister hogged it, meaning I always missed the $6 million man that clashed with it on ITV. Uh, this is long before videos, let alone remote controls, and of course the TV was rented and in black and white. Everyone has that light bulb, what the heck was that moment, and one of mine, apart from working out if Susie Quattro's backing band were blokes or girls, was the damned performing love song on Top of the Pops on the 10th of May 1979. The bass intro had me looking up from the Tomorrow People comic strip in my looking, wondering what on earth was going on a couple of weeks later they were at it again with me the following saturday whilst my dad was in sainsbury's going into shall's records in west wickham to purchase the seven inch what sleeve do you want and would you like the black or red vinyl asked brian the owner manager red i replied and looking at the four sleeves of choice i picked the one that had the bassist on i later found out he was called algy ward and lived in addiscombe pretty much on my doorstep it later transpired that the mad guitarist with the mad green airy jumper and the mad name of Captain Sensible also lived in Croydon, as did I. As a 13, going on 14-year-old, I was a train spire. All right, 14 years, four years later. Yeah, I still am. A boy in my class in secondary school whose father was a famous Star Wars actor was a huge damn fan and told my eager ears that Love Song was all about train spotting i'll be the ticket if you're my collector i've got the fare if you're my inspector and i'll be the ink on your season ticket card i dread to think how many times i've played that seven inch although i haven't for years as the single version is uh, digitally readily available but i love everything about it the warmth of the sound the red vinyl not your translucent red but solid red algae looking cool as fuck smoking a cigarette holding a half-empty bottle of whiskey with a gun stuck down the front of his jeans. I even have in my downstairs toilet framed the proof sleeves of Love Song. When Machine Gun Etiquette came out at the end of 1979, Love Song was the first track, but it was different. Albert Tatlock, and what's this long, slow, drawn-out intro? And how come Vanian's vocals aren't the same? Of course, the 7-inch was produced by Ed Hollis, with the album handled by Roger Armstrong. Although, as far as I can tell, only the vocals have been re-recorded. But it makes me glad to say it's been a lovely day. And it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Until next week, take it easy. Like a
This episode of the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show was produced by Bart and Stacey, engineered by Fenny Bridges, and was hosted by Armitage Schmidt, and was a Watts' Lodge production. Radio. We heard it. Rock Radio UK.